Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Hello, hello, happy Tuesday and this gloriously beautiful autumnal evening. It uh, warmed up a little bit to like the mid-40s, which was absolutely lovely. I'm just uh, turning on the lights in here. It gets a little more uh, gets a little more crowded in here when we have like trying to get everything done. Jerry totally. Walski joins yeah. me in the studio. Hey, Jerry. For a little bit. Hello, turn, young lady. How are you? Can I turn that on here? Yes. Oh, oh yes. wow. You know what's funny? So, I'm in a dentist office right now. What the heck? For those of you who uh, watch our live stream, I just want you to know uh, when I get home, Sometimes like I'll, I'll go home and lay down on the couch, and I'll close my eyes, and I still see the the, the circle, the, the, circle lights, yeah. the, the ring light. I'm like, oh my god, wow. it's emblazoned into my retinal retina retina. retina. Right now. Yeah. Hi, Jerry. Hello, young lady. How are you? I'm fine. It's I didn't know. Yeah, now. we were. I didn't know you were here. You're I, here. I'm, I'm here. I'm, okay, yes, awesome. I'm here. I'm here. You're and on you, it. You yeah. dropped off some uh, well, holiday yeah. beverages well, for my family. Figured, apparently, well, well, for whoever. I mean, yes. I, for your guest, maybe you take a little, little takeaway home, take home stuff. You and know, Andy, please take some yeah. of these. I know before yeah, that because uh, I, I, we were giving them one day to a guest, mm-hmm. and then I came in and I'm like, where did they go? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they disappeared. You take some. Andy's like, please don't tell anybody. Please. So we have Biden. Beer. We've got Kamala AOC IPA. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I have not tried is the uh, the extinct elephant. We are talking oh, yeah. about Monaco Brewing, right, of course, right. yeah, and uh, yeah. Jerry is the beer sherpa. Oh my gosh, I'm trying. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. out there. I'm working hard. Well, Ooh. not only that, but like one, you know, elevating. Hey, Andy, I think I have your phone. By the way, so if anything happens, you can't <laughs> yeah, talk to me. Right. So, we just order a pizza. Andy, I made Andy run. He said, "I can." I, he goes, "You have 20 seconds." I'm like, "No, you have 20 seconds to get out the way." <laughs> you might have noticed him. Like, he was stretching there for a while. <laughs> I know he didn't have to. I was like, "Wait." Waiting for him to stop talking. No, either. He's looking um, at me going, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not going on. Let's see what's on Andy's phone. Sorry, Andy. Supreme Court denies Trump a bid to withhold tax. That's exciting. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, After Sup- three years here, yeah. finally, yes. All right. Supreme Court has uh, ruled that the, he, he can indeed uh, be required to turn over his taxes, mm-hmm. which has been a long time in the making, it seems. I yes. don't know how. That so seems like it's gone through a lot of court processes. He rope dopes everything he, he's involved oh, in. Oh, my God. It's so many. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of investigations, like, uh, with all of their... Uh, uh, you know, there's so much violence and there's inflation and gas yeah. gas t- prices. Uh, and by the way, we want Hunter Biden's right. laptop. Exactly. And, uh, we're and, and Fauci. He's doing yeah. it as and well. Biden, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Just it, it's uh, They have no solutions. They have no solutions to govern. There's no, no plan for health insurance. There's no, no plan for, uh, for for small businesses. There's no plan. No. I'm, like, none of it. All the no. things they've been cl- complaining about that, you yeah. know. Always need help. We, you know, we're, we're not perfect here. No. We got a lot, a lot of work to do sure. here. We're, we're going to see for the next two years if they're in charge of just. Just retribution and yep, nothing. And much. they won't even keep the government going. I mean, yep. they're, they're already they're going to shut that down. I kind of want to see them eat each yeah. other alive. I get the it. Cannibalism. So, but, but, okay. I, I haven't heard many people say this. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Is there a way? It, it, it's, it makes too much sense, so it's probably not going to happen. But if you just get 10 Republicans that want to join forces with the Democrats yeah. and put in the work and put in, yeah, and and put in Cheney or get Kinzinger as the Speaker of the House. Ooh, why not get stuff done? They're not going to do that. They're not going. It makes they're, too much sense. No. But if you because if you want to get like if you're a Republican, you see the writing on the wall, and you want to get Trump out quicker. What better way to do it than to have the Democrats continue the investigation? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, 
I mean, there's, it makes there's a lot of sense there. But are there ten that don't also have their hands dirty? No, uh, the- true. But the, the difference is about they all have their hands dirty, and yes. they're all guilty to an extent. But after seeing this election and reading oh. the writing on the wall, going, if we don't get rid of this guy now. We're just kicking this can down the road for another two years, and we'll be in worse shape in two years now because, like you're saying, we're going to see them not do anything and just be spiteful and stupid and everything. So it's like, man, you just need seven or eight maybe all we need, a handful, to go, yeah, we're still Republicans, but we're going to caucus with the Democrats, which means we can— Control who goes in as speaker, and we and there has to be at least that many. I mean, you're seeing it on the local level, like Jim Durkin, and mm-hmm. it was it was interesting because I read something. Uh, Jason Berkman, who is a more of a rural mm-hmm. Illinois Republican, was saying he was saying maybe 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 we need to have some Republicans say that abortion's okay in certain instances. Right? Yeah, no, no, no. Right. That, that train has left exactly. the station. I know. I Your get all it. Right. or nothing attitude right. is is what helped bring you down. Right. I know. Yeah. And but it, but the point is they've saw the reaction uh, how they're coming out. Uh, yeah. And there's more Democrats. I mean, yeah. just just that it's a numbers game now. There seriously are more people, more mm-hmm. progressives that are going to be out voting. And the Republicans are they're just dying off. I mean, sadly, they're, they're, they, they, I will because of covid and just their, their, their age, their age. I mean, they are well, the young guys. I mean, there are young conservatives. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't come out uh, and, and support. They're like, I can't I can't support this guy. You bring up a good point, though. And, then, and it sounds harsh to folks. I'm sure they're yeah. going to hear dying off yeah. as uh, a, a sort of a very stark statement. Nice. But for people like that guy that called last week mm-hmm. about, you know, how, the, how white, yeah. Judeo-Christian white men are being mm-hmm. replaced by people like me, mm-hmm. um, they're not being replaced no. by people like me. They're being replaced by these youngsters mm-hmm. who are, are registering to vote. We finally saw the yeah. results of what it means to energize people in Completely. their 20s and 30s. And that's, I mean, like, but also that's how this planet works. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. you get... You raise and, you raise somebody, and or, we're not yeah. done with COVID and flus and stuff no. like that. And if you're playing that card of not getting vaccinated and taking care of yourself and social distancing still to a, a degree, like we're all we're wearing masks when we walk through the building sure. here, drinking uh, my green tea, you're, exactly. Yeah. You're putting yourselves in, in the line of fire for yeah. whatever comes still coming down the pike here, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's. it's uh, it'll be interesting to watch, and then yeah. they're going to investigate Fauci and Fauci. And if you heard yeah, uh, yeah, Joe talking exactly. about this, he's yeah. like, "I've done this hundreds of I, yeah. times. He's bring like, it, come bring on. that weak yeah. ass stuff." Yeah, he's my looking way. forward to him. Like, yeah, what have I? Got, what, what have I got to hide? What? I well, mean, come on. He did, he did seem like he has fun doing it. Oh yeah. He? Oh yeah. yeah. Totally. Oh Who yeah. Who is he taking apart? The guy from Kentucky. Uh, was it? Uh, what do you call it? The one that, that's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Right. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. I but can. no, he can. I mean, the guy's brilliant. He's a he's a, been a servant to the country for years, and uh, you know, yeah. was he perfect? No. Who would be? Especially with a worldwide pandemic that we're trying to figure out on the fly. I'm gonna take a break because Andy is like pacing behind you because I think he wants his phone back. This is your phone, right? <laughs> we, we've ordered. <laughs> I'm on Amazon right now ordering gonna, stuff. Sorry, Andy. I, I'm gonna trade you. Uh, I'm gonna trade. You. He's been working all day. Look, he's scarfing just, down whatever that salad is right I've now. Got, <laughs> I've got uh, two pizzas coming. Let's take a couple bites. Um, but I also need you to log me into the, the tech screen, Andy, if that's okay. So let's uh, let's kill two birds with one stone. Well, it's a trade-off here. Uh, Jared, can you stay for a while? Uh, you know, I was hanging out for a little bit, I need, sure. I need some company. I'm, okay. having, I'm having a little bit of anxiety. 
uh, it's the holidays, so whenever like you start to mm-hmm. to take stock of your friends and family, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, and I, I, and then a lot of people are talking about gearing up for these races, and I saw all the petitions. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk a little yeah, bit about, about right. my, my good friend Tom Carmack when we yeah, come yeah. back too, because uh, I was missing him watching all the uh, candidates file for their signatures and remembering when he uh, w- we were down in Springfield. Let's take a break here. Seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. That wasn't Andy's phone number, was it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I don't know what's happening in here. Like. I don't have, there's, I, I don't know how to get back to the call screen. I don't know if we're taking calls. You guys are afraid I wasn't here. I was here. I didn't know. I was, yeah. probably should have checked in with you. Hey, I'm just outside the door. It's, I make people nervous. I, I, I like to, you know, people are like, you're intimidating. Mm, are you intimidated? Or am I, but I also make things chaotic. That's my skill set. Okay, more after this on WCPT 820. We're driving it home till 7, maybe, unless I take this off the rails. In in which case, it could be about 15 more minutes. WCPT 820 is proud to introduce Heartland Signal, a multimedia newsroom of WCPT 820. Heartland Signal is dedicated to providing news coverage for the 2022 midterms in the Midwest region. At heartlandsignal.com, you can find all the day's news and views to keep you informed and up to date. If you love listening to WCPT 820, then you'll love getting your news from heartlandsignal.com. Visit us there today. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. Thank you so much for choosing us for your listening pleasure wherever you are right now, whether you're in traffic. I loved getting that phone call, Jerry, from Sterling, Illinois, yesterday. That was so much fun. Yes, yes. that was very cool. Really good. It's, yeah. You've been hearing that on this last hour. Yeah. We had a gentleman call last week, too. I was hoping, I don't know if sure Matt was able to grab it, but it'd be great for a, a spot. Yeah. The, the gentleman was calling, just glad to hear you later on the, for the drive home and all. And, that's and, nice. And, and Sterling, way out. And it's out there. That's a long, that's, that's out there. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And I, I have a friend who's a family had moved to Sterling. It's a really cool area, they, and you can get like a lot of land out there. Sometimes I wonder. I mean, it hasn't been too bad with my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, what I was doing today. I was uh, driving through the neighborhood, and I saw a lot of the area that you and I uh, walked uh, over and over old. again. <laughs> I was thinking about that. There was. I don't know if you were with me. So when I was running for the 19th district house seat here uh, in, on the northwest side, were we, did you ever join me when I was up by Harwood Heights? It was kind of off of. Um, I like Gunnison, uh, and and it was there's a Las Palmas uh, Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I feel like I was there alone a lot mm-hmm. before you came Maybe on. It was early, I was, yeah. Okay. It was early, and I just I feel like I lived there for mm-hmm. like three days. But I had some of the greatest. There was a day when I knocked on someone's door. This is why I remembered this. There was a day when I knocked on someone's door, and this guy came out angry. And and you and I knew when mm-hmm. we saw a back the blue or yeah. Blue Lives Matter right. flag, we were taking right. our chances as right. progressives. Or you could look through the window, you see if they're watching Fox on TV, then you know you might yes. have some issues. Well, funny you should say that, because this guy told me that he was waiting. The reason he answered the door was because he was waiting for his gun safe to be delivered. Okay. So, <laughs> there you go. It was, it was one of those, right? Yeah. yeah. You didn't look like the delivery person for that? Like, ah, no, I'm not doing that. So he comes out, and he goes, look, I know I'm not going to vote for you, and I'll tell you something else. And he started yelling at me about how legislation had been passed in Illinois to teach LGBTQ history mm-hmm. and issues and things like that, and he was like going off on it, and I'm like, I go, look, it's already been past, what can we talk about that's important to you? You know, I want to find out what you need for your family and right. to help you feel like... Let's find you know, some common ground here. Yeah, and he was just like, he was just angry about all this other stuff, right? And so... Uh, 
I went down a couple doors and I rang this bell and they had a pride flag up and the woman answered the door and she was crying because her niece had just taken her own life because mm. she had just come out of the closet and her family, it was her niece and her, her uh, the conservative side of her family was not uh, accepting, was, yeah. was making her feel awful. And, uh, and I just, I've been struggling with this since Sunday morning when I woke up and saw this horrible tragedy out of Colorado Springs where I have family in Colorado in this area that, um, and I have a very mixed political family. Uh, we've talked about this before. And I just I don't get where people get off on talking like this. Talk, I mean, like accusing people. They're, they're, the idea that they're, oh, we're sexualizing children. Tucker Carlson spent all this time uh, really beating this drum. And I'm seeing conservatives like say things, you know, like, hey, you know, why don't we all take a breath? Like a liberal will say, hey, take a breath. You know, the people lost their lives, including two transgender individuals. And some wrote good. Right. And like this is the awfulness. This like, you know, and I get that there are ugly people, and I, I'm so fu- I'm so freaking tired. No, <laughs> oh, hello. Well, where's that button at? I need to know where that is, just I'm in so case. Freaking tired of. <laughs> I know. See, this is how, how weary I am. Yeah. Of uh, people both siding things. I don't see people that I agree with politically or align with being this nasty, and intolerant, exactly. no. and wanting. As any, and you know what? Fine. If you find somebody, I'm talking about me, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about the people who uh, wish ill and harm. On others simply because they love who they love, they want to be who they are, right. they want to express themselves in ways that don't affect you at all or your imagination. That's imagine, what the you kept going children. on in the last couple. Of, yes, you're exactly right. What is it? How does what? it? What's it changing your world for? Yeah. You're, I mean, it's not affecting you right now in the here and now. It's letting them be them. I mean, yeah. it makes for a better community if we all could just be our ourselves, you know, and, yeah. and learn and learn. It's a process. I mean, I'm fifty something here, whatever. And I just think about it. I'm like, I'm completely different than I was ten years ago. Sure. You know, I, it's a growing process. And why are you stunting someone's growth? You right. shouldn't stunt anybody's growth. We, we're all better for it if we can all. Figure our like where's the button now? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but but and also fostering this environment of of hatred and intolerance and not just marginalizing but putting targets on mm-hmm. people like our friend up at Uprising Bakery and Cafe. Yeah. We should do a broadcast yeah. from there. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, because she's got somebody out there every day mm-hmm. waving a flag, drawing attention to yeah. a place that that he wants to put a target on yeah. and has. They've been the the targets of violence and and destruction and vandalism. And uh, and and what happened in Colorado Springs was was the logical conclusion of exactly. what these people do. Oh. And so is the the mass violence that happens is it's the logical conclusion of making these high-capacity rifles available to people right. is that in the moment of instability, mental instability, people will go out and hurt each other. Oh, I'm so angry right yeah. now. Well, I mean, that's the thing I've seen. Uh, you see so many murder-suicides that, that yeah. are just too commonplace now. You don't even you don't even pay attention. But it's And it's usually a dude who takes out the wife and a couple kids. Yeah. And it's so sad. I mean, because like they're, they're, they're the ones that normally... Guys can't deal with stuff, and they got that access to the gun, and they just take the, the ultimate decision, which is terrible, and and it just ruins so many people. It not only ends lives, but it ruins all their extended family. Yeah, and it's and you're seeing that it's commonplace now. Sadly, it's, it, it, it's not going to go away because the stress nope. levels are there, and and the access to ammunition and guns are there. So yep. it's it's only going to continue, you know, it, it until is. we get a, somehow get a control on it. Well, that's and that's just it. And we're not allowed to have those conversations because we no. don't, we don't use the right words. For uh, yeah. uh, for weapons, uh, Dave in Hoffman Estates is joining us. We're going back to the conversation about what's going to happen in the House. What are you? What are your thoughts, Dave? Oh, uh, what the getting his taxes? <laughs> but the, no, I was mentioning that on watched on listened to deeply on Tom Hartman 
today, and he spoke that there was a Newsweek story where this new special prosecutor, Jack Smith's wife, worked on or produced their, some documentary or whatever called Becoming about Michelle Obama and donated to Joe Biden's campaign. And he's saying now, I'm sure the right's going to be exploding on the Internet now. But, you know, if this was Jenny Thomas and Clarence, I'm sure they didn't do no pillow talk at all. Right. Know? Yeah, so yeah. true. Mm. Talk shop. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, or on how she was going to be trying to overthrow our government, you know, the emails and stuff like that, and, you know, that, that they had gotten. I don't, I don't understand how they never had her, you know, uh, she was supposed to go and testify, you know. And, and that's the thing, too, against me is how these people, they can kind of blow off these testifiers. But, you know, now when they're going to take, you know, get control, it's like nobody even has an option. It's going to be like you will be testifying. Exactly. Yeah. That. Well, they have to do something, right? Because now I'm a little bit concerned just in general about what the way forward is that, you know, Republicans are going to, uh, you know, say that we're uh, chasing and, and, you know, lies and and misinformation that January 6th was just a tour, you know, trip or whatever. Um, and, and, And what I'm worried about is that. You know, Republicans are seeing and they're not necessarily remember, we thought if if they overturn Roe v. Wade, there was a possibility that Republicans would be the dog that caught the car. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a little bit of that in some places. But my concern is that Democrats are not also don't seem to be exhibiting the sort of fortitude to to go with that energy and to and not even like the fact that a lot of Republicans were turned back. I'm sorry. I know I'm switching topics just because it struck me. But uh, I also think that uh, I think that Democrats need to have a backbone and go into this the same way Republicans acted as though it was their crusade to be on, because I'm watching Republicans share lies. Uh, again, they're coming back to this the, the selling parts of of uh, fetuses mm-hmm. to, in the Planned Parenthood was making money off of it, and there's like a, like, they're regurgitating yeah. all of these things again, because they're trying to like get that energy back, but we need to have the energy of women are dying, they're being maimed because they're not able to have safe healthcare procedures that would save their lives and terminate a pregnancy, and I, I just don't, I I feel like we're going to be at a stalemate. That's one of my big concerns right now. So they can do all the investigating and not get anything done, but we need to do all the other work if they're yeah. going to be focused on this crap. Yeah, pedal to the metal. We have to keep it keep it going because yeah. it's just outrageous. And so many people that can't get the uh, women who can't get the medications because they are associated with uh, abortions to a degree or something like that. Yeah. Just you know, they're not even in the possibility of you know they're older, postmenopausal, and all this, and they're still being held back from getting medications they should be getting yep. just because they classify under something that could be used for an abortion. That's insane. It is. I mean, that is. That's the, how does that absolute madness? Yeah, but yeah, it's your, the reason I, I was I thought about that was because I was thinking about the Thomases, uh, Clarence Thomas and Ginny Thomas, who uh, clearly there's a it, 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 the, hmm. uh, that's the other thing is the code of ethics for our Supreme Court. Uh, I'm glad Don't. that they ruled that Trump has to turn over his taxes, mm-hmm. but it's a drop in the bucket of of injustice. Yeah, they're 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 dirty. With their code of ethics, then maybe they should start up with Alito and uh, Thomas. Yeah, and folks who don't know each, by the way, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. But, uh, folks, but, uh, folks might not be aware that about some of this yeah. crap that they do. Like I told you in the past, they're like a, like in a, a stalactite where they're just a little dripping, 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 or chipping away a little bit at a time, and, and our people didn't do nothing to stop. And then they're like, so like, oh, let me try. Like I got away with this. Let me try this now. You know, it's uh, and you know by 
eventually we lose all of the, you know, these freedoms a little at a time. So and, true. Absolutely. Yep. And then I'll close with this one. Like you guys are talking about their their spite and and evil and all the stuff that they're spewing on the and then in the you know they go to church so on Sunday you know yeah oh yeah yeah and, the right. and like you and like you said there about the thing on uh, on uh, with the abortion mm-hmm. uh, they had no problem murdering a, a doctor in a church mm-hmm. you know yeah you know it's just food for thought you know it's only one you know one person eh? yeah it's it's uh, it's amazing I, I, I... Listen, I'll clear off so you get to the others thanks good talking y'all be thanks. well you too. you too thanks so much let's get to uh, Paul who's calling from Seattle good to hear from you my friend Paul what's going on hey Patty so I would love to have gone maybe not go to this guy's door to get a gun safe but if you get as long as you're there and you want to have a conversation I would have asked him so if he's upset about the sexualization of children I would say so we're all born with a sexuality, and I would say to him, if you're straight, you must agree that you were sort of born straight. So would you rather have the questions and curiosities uh, that children have? Should they become well-adapted by having their questions and curiosities answered under the supervision of their parents with things that are presented in books, appropriately presented in books? Or would you rather have their regular street perverts influence their sexuality? And by the way, why are you? What are you more afraid of? The uh, why do you have to have your gun to protect yeah. yourself against well-adjust people who are sexually well-adjusted, or somebody who's not so well-adjusted who also has a gun? Right. Why do you need that? You, you know, yeah, that's why true. Why do you need a gun to protect yourself from the a well-adjusted LGBTQ person? I don't think that's the problem. No. No, it's the uh, the people that become so c- consumed by rage. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Tim Hogan and I were talking about this last night, you know, uh, that it would have been helpful along the way in his life. Unfortunately, I, I, mm-hmm. I remember the moments when Griffin asked me, why are those men kissing? And I said, because they love each other. And then he asked later when President Obama came out in support of marriage amongst people who love each other regardless. And, I, and he said, why did he have to do that? And I said, because some people don't accept that. And I guess what these people want is when that question is asked to go it, because they're disgusting, you know, they're they're uh, deformed mentality. Like they want they want to have they want their answer force fed rather than the very simple answer of because they love each other. Like yeah, that's too hard for them to say. This isn't anything new. This is for ju- the, our Native Americans. They had five different sexes. They had the male, female, then they had two-spirit female, two-spirit male, then they had uh, uh, transsexual. They had, that's how they went for yeah. hundreds of years. I mean, for all, until we came over, until the Christians came around and said, no, we're going to go with two. Yeah. I mean, that's, we changed it. But before that, they were all in, they had five different sexes, and they were all elevated. You had two-spirited female that were leaders yeah. amongst them, you know, and they were, they were, <laughs> it was hardcore Cared stuff the, back then. Carried all the power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dan, before we go to the break, what do you want to say? In Tinley Park. Hey, Hi, uh, Patty. Hey. Hey, Dan. Uh, you know, a lot of your your callers are probably not old enough to remember when Bill Clinton was running for president and when he took office. And yeah, you know, I've heard callers call you and complain, saying that Trump has been harassed. Trump has been investigated since the day he announced for president. The Clintons were investigated for every possible yep. thing you could name. White water. Uh, oh yeah, it started yeah. with white. Yeah. 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 The Republicans spent $90 million investigating that Whitewater land deal where everyone agreed the Clintons lost $38,000 on. Yeah. Uh, imagine if they had made money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, 
Yeah. But I just, like I always say, it's, you guys, it's the hypocrisy. Yeah. The yeah, hypocrisy, yeah. like James Carville said, it's the economy, stupid. I say it's the hypocrisy, stupid. Yep. Anyway, I'm praying that there's 10 or 12 Republicans that might be willing to uh, block uh, their speaker. And I think it's more possible than we think because, you know, they are. Um, I agree. Uh, apparently there is, a, there is a caucus that's about had enough inside the Republican Party. Well, we'll see. From I, I, I have not. Uh, I, I, it just kind of like blocked that part of my brain of like. They, even they got a month to kind of talk yeah, things out. I'm just saying there could be right. something done. I mean, uh, all right, yeah. all right, Dan. I appreciate that. Have a great have evening. A great holiday, Patty. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much. Hey, before you go, Jerry, uh, where where can people find? Where are some of the new places people can find? Oh gosh, yes. Brewing? Oh wow! Just over uh, where was I at? I was at A and S Beverages on Halstead over in uh, uh, back of the yards. Oh, nice. oh yeah, they're, they're, that's great. And uh, the MP. Location. Oh, and actually, way out by in Rockford and everything, in Poplar Grove, we're out there. Uh, it's on the website. It's on the Monaco website, and it's also pinned at the top of your page too. And literally, I just saw a new report today, so I got to go find out. There's some new ones that Ooh. I got to get going, and and I think we're going to have a post tomorrow regarding uh, some new photos of uh, some new places and, and some people that got rebooted, uh, not reloaded. You know what I mean? Excellent uh, for the holidays here, especially because uh, I got to tell you, before the elections, yeah, people were showing up. Big time, trying to get, uh, trying to get it, so that we sold out at a lot of locations. So we had to reload everybody because people were, were drinking for that night, the and then, then they celebrated. Yeah. So they went back and got more. Yeah, the choice seltzer is fantastic. Oh, they all yeah. They're all good. So, they come uh, out too. Well, yeah, thank you, Jerry. So just check, keep checking the Monaco Brewing website and Patty's page uh, for all the locations, and we'll keep them coming at you. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, have a good evening. Thank you for thank dropping you off uh, some supplies for yeah. folks here at WCPT. We appreciate it. <laughs> yes. I will send our friend Brett from IBEW home with uh, some samples too. All Excellent. Right. Have a great night, Jerry. Thank Appreciate you, Appreciate it. Let's take a break. Here we come back with uh, our friend Brett. And when we come back, we have, well, we've got traffic to do, too. So I probably should do that. Information is power. Stay informed to know what's going on. Staying informed gives me the power of knowledge. I wake up. I need to know what happened. I turn on the radio. Because information is power. WCPT 820. Where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible democratic socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at ANS Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. Has it really only been two weeks since the midterm elections? Mm-hmm. Brett Lyons joins me in studio, the business rep for IBEW. Is it really, has it been only two weeks? It's been two weeks, if you can believe Today, it. Today, right? Yeah. Well, congratulations. Uh, we, you know, people were waiting for the final results of the workers' rights amendment. Yes. We saw all the blue, the light blue, dark blue signs all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were obviously, again, there were all the lies. The I think they were using like mustard and burgundy for their signs of like, don't raise your taxes, vote no on uh, Amendment right. 1. Yeah, I, I saw a bunch of uh, don't raise your property taxes. That was the one that they, they seemed to want to go after for. <laughs> For the opposition, it has nothing to do with with, with that. Um, so, first of all, thank you for having me back yeah, in here. Of by the way, uh, last time we had the pleasure of seeing each other, we were in the middle of a strike. Yes, over at uh, uh, WTTW back in the spring uh, uh, this year, and and you were wonderful. As was the station and everybody else that supported uh, the the men and women working there uh, in resolving that contract dispute and getting a, a new 
four-year agreement. So Excellent. Uh, thank you for, for your help in, in helping to get the uh, uh, working conditions for those those workers there to, uh, taken care of. It's a pleasure to get to, to see you again. Thanks for reaching out to us. Of course. And one of the things, before we go on to the workers' rights amendment, uh, one of the issues there was sort of trans, like trying to make, uh, whether it was on-air talent or have like sort of this digital switch of mm-hmm. not having anybody responsible for the content that goes on the air, sort of making it the, whether it was somebody who did remotes and things like that. Uh, are you finding that other stations are like, okay, well, they were able to lock that down at WTTW. We're not going to mess with that. Does it help you hold the line at other outlets? Yeah, and, and even so more uh, in the station itself, because mm-hmm. they're now uh, actively bargaining with SAG-AFTRA. Oh, excellent. In the, uh, really? their, their producers and honor talent are organized with SAG over at TTW, and they're facing a lot of uh, uh, struggles with bargaining, too. It, it hasn't been smooth sailing for them either. And I you know, <laughs> want to say that a lot of our members have told them, well, we kind of told you this was coming. You saw the, the lengths we had to go to to resolve our contract. We hope it doesn't happen for you, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hope that that gets resolved quickly for them as well. Um, you know, it, it, collective bargaining is a, is a wonderful process. It, it benefits everybody. Everybody, the the workers, the employers, to have those agreements. You have predictable wages. You you know the terms of what you can and can't do. It's beneficial to everybody to have a good working agreement, and that's uh, why we're really happy to see that the workers' rights amendment passed uh, the way it did as well. It's going to protect the right for workers in Illinois, private and public sector, to be able to organize their workplace and to seek better wages, to seek training, safety, job protections, all those things that employees want to be able to take advantage of so that you know next year, what is my salary going to be? And you know, um, like we're, we're seeing this right now with our, our coffee changes. We're organizing uh, Collectivo Coffee and Intelligentsia Coffee here in Chicago right now. They want to be able to prepare for the, the storms that are coming this, this winter with customers in, in large droves. And, you know, how do you handle de-escalation? How do you handle in an emergency situation? All those things we have inside of our contracts or hope to put inside of our contracts because it only benefits everybody um, uh, that, that, that works there and also uh, is is in charge of management there. So we, we, we're very happy to see that the workers' rights uh, amendment had passed the way that it did. Um, we, we played a small role in, in hosting some uh, door-knocking, canvassing events. Um, uh, Francis Arenic, uh is a coordinator, uh, coalition driver over there, and, and she's been wonderful to work with, so we were happy to have her out. A couple of times she spoke to our membership in a meeting, uh, I think back in August or September, uh, before her, her books got crazy. Uh, we had done a couple of door-knocking uh, campaigns in October as well, so it, it was great to be able to work with those uh, those folks, and we're very happy with the outcome, obviously. And for folks who want a little bit of a, a perspective or maybe a better understanding of why this, well, first of all, why this is on the ballot, uh, mm-hmm. I think there were probably several reasons, and, and one of them that is prominent in my mind were the efforts of our former governor with his turnaround agenda to basically disrupt the progress of uh, union in the state of Illinois to make this a right-to-work state, Correct. to diminish uh, workman's comp, to uh, d- diminish collective bargaining, uh, you know, and, and he held us hostage. And so how does this uh, thwart those kinds of efforts to destroy workers' rights in the future? Sure. So what this workers' rights amendment does is it guarantees that nothing in the state constitution shall prevent the ability to organize, to seek Unions to collectively bargain for your rights at work. So that means right to work. Right to work will never 
be in Illinois. We're very happy to be able to say that. It, it's the last couple of years, the Midwest has been pretty red, and there's this one blue hole in the middle, and it's been Illinois. And you've saw what the the midterms uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Can you believe it's only been two weeks ago? Does it feel say, longer? I'm telling um, you, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, that we're, we're seeing changes in the landscape with younger voters, more energized voters, um, that, that people are voting more on what matters to them, and we're starting to see more Democratic votes here in the Midwest, and some of those states are starting to turn from red to maybe purple, and some of them are even starting to cross in the blue territory, that this is a great move for Illinois to help set the tone for other states in the Midwest, because Wisconsin, right now, right to work. Uh, Michigan, right to work. Indiana, right to work. Iowa, right to work. We want to be the the poster child for how these other states can overturn their right to work laws so that their employees that work under collective bargaining agreements or want to work under collective bargaining agreements can continue to pursue that and have the right to have a voice at the workplace. It's so important for the workforce to be able to go to the table and fight for what it is that they need to benefit from their uh, place of employment, and it's a it is something like even I, I saw someone post about how uh, I think, and I'm sure they were referring to Elon Musk and his demands that workers uh, do put in hardcore work mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, how much do you think social media is having an impact on a younger generation that is seeing whether it's coming out of the pandemic or seeing other workers? Because when you talk about intelligentsia, I saw an image of a barista uh, sitting down behind the counter, like yes. hiding from customers. Right? Yes, I've so seen the, that same one. So you're in the service industry, Chicago. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It, and people don't realize the toll it takes to work. Like it, it, they, they act like it's just a minimum wage job, and it shouldn't. There shouldn't be any respect for that. And the emotional toll, toll that it takes on somebody to put in that those kinds of hours, mm-hmm. people don't understand, right? Right. And, and it's the the kind of clientele that you might deal with at some of these service places, and, and it's the the preconceived notion of how it is going into uh, that place. Oh, this is an entry-level position. Oh, I could do this. Oh, this sure. this person's in their 20-somethings and you know they, they, they're they probably uneducated or they're just here to do that. I mean, whatever. I'm going to be the, uh, the big man in the room and I'm going to be demanding and I want my coffee and I want it now and how dare you take your time or take a break. You know, it, unfortunately, during the holidays, we see a lot more. At, you know, I get it. People are stressed. This is a, a stressful time of the year for a lot of people. That's no reason to act that way towards anybody. And um, I've seen that same image. I think actually my mom just shared it on Facebook today, too. Somehow I got into her feed. Yeah. Um, and, and as somebody now that represents the service industry, the hospitality industry, these are we, we've kind of joked that these are bartenders for sober people. Uh, baristas, yes. you know that this is a, this is an important part of of our regular day routine. Um, going in the morning or going in the afternoon and getting your cup of coffee. It's a great community environment. These are important jobs with people that have to pay bills, that have to pay rent. What's the cheapest apartment you can get in Chicago right now? Two thousand dollars for a studio. Sure, you know, and and these are people that are having to live with a roommate or two roommates and they're sharing uh, tight quarters. Nobody can afford a car. They're all trying to make ends meet. You know, everyone's trying to just get get ahead in life, and that's no reason to uh, to act that way towards towards any uh, group of people. So we we encourage everybody if you're listening and you happen to be a lover of coffee, which who isn't. Make your way to a Collectivo coffee or make your way to an Intelligentsia coffee. Tell them you heard about the interview here on WCPT where facts matter. And uh, we we encourage you to uh, let them know that you 
are with them in solidarity as they collectively bargain here uh, uh, this winter for their first contracts in Chicago. And we're excited to hopefully get one of those done here uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I hear that uh, the other big uh, coffee company is having a lot more people who are Mm -hmm. organizing across the country. And uh, that is wonderful news. We are hanging out with Brett Lyons, a business rep rep for IBEW. Of course, we are always uh, grateful for the work that you do. And and, and, my door is always open. Don't wait for me to email you, man. Just come whenever you... I've got two hours now. Well, now that that you've got beer in studio here, I'm going to have to be here every other week just making sure there's no other free beer being offered to me because I'm going to have to take you up on that. I'm going to send you home with a... a, uh, And Andy gets the other one because I like... I feel so bad, Andy, about that day. But uh, I'm going to give you an AOC IPA, a Kamala Stout, a... uh, an extinct elephant ale, uh, and you don't have to like say, give your opinions on any of these okay. at all. And uh, a choice hard seltzer, which kind of, I love which the name. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Perfectly well, it's Monaco, done. Monaco Brewing is our uh, sponsor. Our flag. Our, 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 how, who do we say is your main sponsor? I guess your your like, primary sponsor, your show sponsor. Yeah. yeah, I feel like saying flagship yeah. doesn't make sense. I, yeah. does it? I don't know. We'll, yeah. figure, we'll figure out the language. Okay. But we're not going to bring it. And also, thank you to Kids Above All and our good friend Warren Price of European and U.S. Auto Car, US car Service over there at 4080 North Broadway. More with Brett when we come back on WCPT 820. We are driving it home until 7. To driving it home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. And I, oh, I, I just cut that off very abruptly. I'm sorry, Dan Levy. Didn't mean to do that. Uh, hold on, let me do this. <laughs> I'm at the, see, I did it again. Hold on. There we go. That's a little more graceful. Hey, Brett go. Lyons. The Blame it on the fader. So the fader. See, this is what happens when you don't have uh, union engineers in the studio. Can <laughs> I become an engineer with having like experience running a board for over six years? Sure. Why not? I don't see any any problem with that. We've got producers. We've got board operators. We've got engineers. You name it. IBW 1220 represents them. Well, Dick Kay was in the, uh, I believe it was an IBW. He, was, uh, he had uh, a union membership, I think, because he had to do some of his own work before mm-hmm. when he was uh, doing the news. Um, but, it, but the other thing is, like you know, I am responsible for getting making sure the quality is on the air well. But everybody else here does the heavy lifting, like Andy, and we've got uh, Matt Cummings, our operations manager, and of course our uh, Jim, our engineer. And that's like people don't understand like all the different components. Like they'll hear me say I push the wrong button. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot going on. I, it, you know, it's like the walking and talking thing. It's barely right. within my wheelhouse. And, and it takes a village, right? right. It, whether whether it's a production like this, like a radio show, whether it's a television show, whether it's a network television show. Um, go go to a Super Bowl one year and just walk by the trucks in the compound and you'll see all 70 of them because yeah. there's 400 people working on the broadcast side of that alone for that day because you've got so many people you know watching go to a golf event it that's the hardest sport to broadcast because the the playing area is huge right how do you get sound everywhere you've got acres of space and it gets done because people who are really good at their jobs find a way to to mic all those holes and be able to foul the ball. It, it, ex, it, it, there's something satisfying about watching people who are really good at something excel right. at it, and that's uh, that's what I love about uh, the freelance sports. It, it blows my mind every time how good these people are at what it is that they do, and, and we we take it for granted because you see the product or you listen to the product, and you're you know oh that doesn't seem that tough, but then you see when something goes wrong, how people are able to. Uh, keep the show alive right. and, and you don't notice at home but there could be a fire going on in the back and you're no, none the wiser because the product looks the same
same. So, and the I think the curtain was pulled back during the early days of the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? With yes. uh, trying to figure out Zoom, absolutely. And, yeah, that was a lot, a lot of chaos. Yes, and we saw it a lot too. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, used to have two shows at every single game for a road and for home, and then out of the abundance of safety, we had to have one show. And it was the same show being sent to both cities. So you can imagine the, the technical issues with that, where somebody's cutting a show that's not yours, but you're responsible for your oh ads and trying to get it to, to their <laughs> stations and their RSA. It, it was it was a, a cluster. Right. Um, but, you know, we, we got through it because really good people at their jobs were able to find a way for that really challenging 2020 season. So, Well, one of the things I mentioned earlier was about uh, Elon Musk basically, you know, telling people if they're not ready to work hardcore and all this stuff is that, you know, it, it, we hope. Hopefully what people are learning in, in this younger generation is seeing as a result of the pandemic and that because it, it seemed as though workers were much more disposable uh, prior. Like I, I have jokes about how I had 40 different jobs before I was 20. I mean, I, I was very good at filling out applications. I worked in all kinds of retail and waitressing and bartending and all these things. And, but, you know, there are things I'm learning where like the, the way management would treat us was like crap. And the amount of emotional and mental turmoil and physical stress that it caused me, it could have been done better. And if we don't treat workers as though they're the asset instead of a pain in the butt, there's a way forward here for everybody. Yeah, you, you see it in in companies right now where they want to blame supply chains for the issues and not being able to deliver their products or, oh, we can't, we can't run that right now because uh, this is down or this is broken. They don't have their most valuable assets right now, and that is workers. Yeah. Workers are at a t- This is an amazing time in labor history that we're, we're living through right now where workers have the power that they can demand to be treated with respect and basic decency and that when they've got an issue it can be heard by somebody who's going to try and do something to make it better and not just ignore it and think okay well this person complains too much we'll just let them go and bring in somebody else it's an entry-level job they you know it doesn't matter They're, they're not going anywhere it's not they're not worth the headache what happens when those jobs aren't filled okay sure maybe it's not super difficult to flip a burger I don't see anybody who's complaining about, well, I could do that job, signing up to do that job. And then what happens when those people leave and there's nobody to make food? Well, now you're upset, but you help to drive the problem. That, that's part of the issue. So we, we're seeing a, uh, an amazing time right now where, where the workers have all the power and the employers need to find a way to make their jobs more appealing to the workforce. People want basic insurance needs without having to pay out of pocket a fortune. They want to have predictable schedules. They want to have respectable wages. Is that so much to ask that you can go to work, make a decent uh, amount to pay your bills and, and leave in a better place than you found? I don't think so. And and, and we're seeing that right now in, in the workforce. Um, and, and it's wonderful. And, and we've seen so much on the organizing side, too, that more workforces are deciding that maybe a union is right for me. And if someone has questions about how to go about doing that, where should they turn? Sure. So it, it it's a little bit of a tricky answer in terms of what the, the first step is. I, I've always been of the mindset that what you should do is is have a discussion amongst yourselves and think, you know, is this something for us? Is this something that we want to to pursue? And if you have a feeling that this is something that everybody would be on board with or might want to learn more about or, or would want to have a conversation with somebody in a union, you can reach out to the union that, that most makes sense 
for what the craft is that, that you do, what your profession is. Um, so like in our case, we represent broadcasters. We now represent baristas. We'd be happy to field a call from anybody in that field about, you know, we're interested in, in organizing our workplace. What are the next steps? And, and we can help have a meeting with you. We'll inform you. And I speak we not just on behalf of IBW 1220, but on behalf of, of any uh, labor organizer in, in any any trade. We'll have that conversation with you, get you the information. Here's how it works. Here's how the election process works. Ultimately, the decision comes down to the workers. Is this something that makes the most sense for you? And and maybe it does, but maybe this particular union isn't a good fit. Maybe it makes more sense to go over to this union or, you know, maybe we're not ready to organize because enough people aren't on board or, you know, that's a decision that the workers have to come up with themselves and, and be able to answer. And, and all you can do is provide those folks with the information they need to make a uh, an intelligent judge decision and, and be able to help them along that way. And once they decide that they're ready to go down that path, hold hands with them and, and get them to that finish line and ultimately get the payoff, which is that first agreement. And, and that's what everybody strives for in, in organizing is being able to have that first collective bargaining agreement done, signed, inked, distributed to everybody, and then just wait for the grievances. <laughs> and when it comes to, you know, coming back to the midterm election and what happens next, you know, successfully and congratulations on passing the workers' right amendment, I was disappointed to find out in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. in this community, only 28% of registered voters went out to vote. So what are your plans? Does, uh, does, do the unions have, uh, are they gearing up for the municipalities for the Chicago election coming up? Uh, I know that, you know, having a union presence and electeds who are champions uh, are going to fight for workers' rights are, right. is also uh, a high priority. Do you have any thoughts uh, coming in? I mean, it's a lot. It's kind of uh, like hurting sure. cats right now. You got a lot of candidates and a lot sure. of races. Sure. And it's like any, and, you know, come primary season, you're going to start with 25 people for any one party. And slowly you'll see that number start to, to wither down until there's maybe two, three candidates and everybody kind of tends to get behind one candidate. And then that's the person. Right. right. So IBW 1220, we're out in Downers Grove, so we're part of DuPage. Okay. So we're not going to have as much of a role um, in the uh, in the election here in, in Chicago for mayoral or anything like that because of, you know a lot of our members may vote and we're going to tell them the same thing we'll tell them for any presidential election or, or any other uh, election at the union. Vote with your interest. Vote with what makes the most sense for you. Vote for the candidate that represents what it is that you want to see. If, if labor is your most important issue, find the candidate that most supports labor. You know, if, if it's uh, health care, find the candidate that most supports what it is that you need because you have to focus and prioritize what your top priorities are and, and be able to vote with your heart that way. Um, you know, especially if it's uh, an election season where you don't have a candidate that you necessarily prefer and you're pretty much wide open. As a free agent and there's five or six faces looking at you and they're all asking for your vote, find out, get educated, look at what the the voting history is for all of those people, their accomplishments, where they come from, what they've achieved, and be able to confidently pick one of them as this is the person I would like to see represent me and my family on behalf of uh, the city of Chicago. Outstanding. And, and folks, do me a favor. If the candidate, this cracks me up every time, if the candidate rings your bell... Uh, ask them, like Brett just said, ask them the questions, find out the issues that are important to you, where they stand on them and their background. Because the weirdest thing to me is to be with a candidate or to be the candidate mm-hmm. and have someone go, I'm going to do some research. I'm right here. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ask me. It's, it's a conversation, right? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Let's let's talk. I want to learn from you as much as you want to learn yeah. from me. Let's let's have a dialogue. Uh, you know, I, I want to learn from yeah. the the possible constituents. I want to know what it is that matters to you. Maybe my platform isn't being communicated well, but you like what I'm saying. Yep. Thank you for the for the feedback. I want to be the best version of myself, the candidate, uh, as possible. So yeah, let's let's talk. Let's, talk. let's have a conversation. You know, a- ask those hard hitting questions and, and just be educated, be prepared. Was there anything else you want to make sure we knew about before you head out? Or if you, you can hang out if you want. I'm going to talk to Senator Katowski. Sure. I, I do have to get back to the missus tonight. Okay. Um, so we're, we're doing uh, something over at uh, her her family's tonight. Uh, oh, my nice. father-in-law's birthday's coming up in a, in a week and a half here and her brother's in town. So thank you for the invite. Uh, and, and that open door policy, especially when there's beer in here, I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, Just so you know, Matt, none of them are open yet. Nothing is. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Uh, we have some very exciting uh, bargaining going on with, with the two coffee chains I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm with Collectivo and with Intelligentsia. This holiday season, as you're you're looking for a cup of joe, as you're out and about doing your holiday shopping, and you happen to come into contact with one of those stations, or uh, one of the stations, I'll have us die young, one of those uh, uh, coffee storefronts, go inside, tell them that you support the union, you support it as what they're, what they're doing. It's really hard. If you've ever been a part of an organizing effort, it's really hard to be in that first groundbreaking campaign to set the new standard. A lot of people don't look at you with, with a smile all the time, necessarily, and it, and it takes uh, guts to be able to do that. So let them know that you you support them. And please, tip your baristas. Please. Please tip your baristas. It's a big part of the compensation uh, for those individuals. And, and again, it's satisfying seeing somebody be really good at what it is they do for a living. Those are those are professionals that, that make coffee a lot better than I can in a Keurig uh, or, or anything at home. So please tip your baristas and just be a nice person this holiday season. Outstanding. Thank you. Again, that's Brett Lyons, the business rep for IBEW, and he'll be back for more beer apparently soon. Take <laughs> Thank care. Thank you, and happy uh, Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Take let's, care. Let's do this, and we'll be right back. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are heading into our second hour of Driving It Home. We're driving it home till 7 o'clock, and joining me is one of the new sponsors of Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez, the president and CEO of Kids Above All. Senator Dan Katowski joins us. Hi, Senator. How are you doing today? I'm great, Patty. How are you? I'm good. I'm. Uh, I'm. I get excited. It was at one. It was a beautiful day today. It was a perfect autumnal evening, and uh, heading into Thanksgiving, I'm. Uh, I'm grateful to be spending time with my family, and uh, the. And I want to talk about the work that you do and how we can support uh, kids who have survived quite a bit and their families. Uh, tell us a little bit about the work that you do at Kids Above All. Well, first of all, it's grateful to be a sponsor. Thank you for the opportunity to sponsor driving home with. Uh, with uh, Patty uh, Vasquez, um, she's an incredible human being, so it's great. And uh, so uh, Kids Above All is an organization that helps to build better lives for children and families impacted by poverty and violence and systemic injustice. So we do that through early childhood education, foster care and adoption, housing for homeless teenagers, and counseling programs. Uh, we impact 2,541 children and families every year. And uh, and we do that in the in, in Cook County, Chicago, South and West Side, Kane County, DuPage County, and Lake County. 
And there's a lot of a lot of folks who you know want to know at this time of the year. You know, people really do open their hearts. They they take stock and and want to get involved in some ways. What are some of the ways that they can do? They can you know whether it's uh, providing financial support or volunteering. What are some of the things that folks can do? Well, first of all, you can go on our website at kidsaboveall.org, and um, and you, you click right on where we're talking about. Um, two things. There's Giving Tuesday coming up uh, this Tuesday, and uh, it's uh, an opportunity for people to be supportive of our our mission to build better lives for kids and families and making sure we're placing the safety, well-being, and education of all kids above everything else. And that's on Tuesday, uh, November 29th. And we actually have a matching grant of up to $10,000 oh. from the Healthcare Foundation of Northern Lake County. And that match comes in by all new and uh, in increased uh, donations this year. So we're really pushing to get new and increased donations. And then on Monday, the day before Giving Tuesday, we actually kick off our holiday um, toy drive. And our holiday toy drive, we help uh, 1,500 uh, children uh, during the holidays, children, teenagers, and young adults. And we make sure they have something to play with, something to snuggle with, and something to learn from. And uh, that's all coming out of our Better Life Distribution Center uh, in displays, which we just opened up on the corner of Oakton and, and River Road. So we have a, a lot going on. And uh, you can go on the website, again, kidsaboveall.org uh, on that and, uh, and and find out about it. But there's many ways. I mean, the thing is, uh, during the holidays, for uh, for a lot of our kids who've been impacted by trauma, it's, it's very much a re-traumatizing. What do I mean by that? I mean, there are kids who've lived mm-hmm. in you know, multiple homes, uh, they don't have a relationship with a biological parent or even a family member. Uh, they have uh, struggled with poverty. They may have witnessed somebody uh, be harmed in front of their eyes. In some cases, uh, they've uh, they've seen uh, murders occur. They 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 have someone in their family who's who's been um, uh, incarcerated. Uh, so they they have they have somebody in their family who's uh, who's dealt with alcoholism or substance abuse or. Or they've experienced domestic violence, and I mean, so when you talk about kids and trauma, and like what the holidays means is they don't. I mean, as much as every single family is not perfect, every single family struggles. There are some families that are significantly less uh, perfect uh, than others and have many more challenges. And and so Thanksgiving is is different. Like we, I was just talking to a friend the other day who teaches at a school, and she doesn't really even talk about uh, Thanksgiving because so many of the kids have lost family members uh, at, at the holidays, and, and the holidays bring that up for them. And so we're talking about Thanksgiving. Like yesterday, I teach a, a writing workshop at our at our, our, our homes for, we have these uh, group homes for girls, teenage girls, and boys. And and But we talked, we, said, we gave them the first opportunity. I said, what are you not grateful for this Thanksgiving? And you know what? And it was very interesting. Huh. Kids are, are so resilient. Yeah. They're so resilient. They're like, well... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not grateful because I, I don't like living in a group home. I don't like I don't being away from family. I wish I were with my family. But then we talk about like, what are you grateful for? But I think you just got to be with you know kids. Are, they they know and, and teenagers know, and just give them a place and a um, so they can be open and honest and safe. So we give them that safe place so they can you know help them to manage symptoms related to trauma and help them to begin uh, to heal in some. Uh, in some way, uh, shape, or form. So, you know, a lot of our kids kind of are they're 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 reeling and they're struggling, and families are. But like and like I said, the holidays bring up 
uh, many difficulties that they're experiencing in either the past or the present. So we do our best to make sure there is um, there's as much support for them as it possibly can be, and that's what um, the holiday um, the holiday gift drive does. And that starts uh, on Monday, uh, the 28th November, and it goes to December 13th. And it's it's really really inspiring because we fill up several uh, semi trucks filled with gifts for all of our programs all of our, our kids in our programs, all the teenagers and young adults in, in early childhood, uh, foster care and adoption, um, our housing program for homeless young adults, our, our camp that we have for kids who lost family members to homicide, and then for those who are receiving counseling because they're struggling uh, with, um, they're battling, you know, they're battling with depression, they're battling with uh, uh, the fact that they uh, are just not as, as happy as uh they would like to be, and they don't feel as uh, as uh, as connected uh, to those people in their family that they'd like to be connected, or even their friends. So uh, we're just making sure that they're getting what they need. So the holidays are a very, very important time uh, for the young people in our care and, and for our families because it's just uh, we're on high alert uh, because we know um, that um, uh, that there are many struggles that are kind of either. They're coming to the surface, or they're kind of bubbling just right below it. So making sure that we're getting them they need. And so we take extra special care over Thanksgiving. Uh, we make sure uh, they're they're getting the they have a nice holiday, have a nice meal. Uh, they you know, people are you know working extra shifts, and we have the same around the uh, the holidays uh, that go through all the way through uh, December and uh, and the New Year. And it, it does make sense to be mindful of how, you know, how vulnerable anybody can be at this time of year. I mean, we all can be, right? Whether it's uh, sort of that idea of things have changed, uh, whether you've lost somebody or not celebrating the way, because we, we sort of have these the ideas of traditions, right? And so when you have kids who there's been so much instability, and then on top of that, uh, this sort of strangeness occupying the space, and there is a beauty to a stranger uh, of knowing that a stranger wants to help, whether it's providing a toy or resources, right? I mean, it, 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 it's and, and even if they're not mindful of, aware of it now, it's something that just, it's, it means somebody is there and somebody cares, right? Yeah, it was a incredible experience a couple years ago. We had this, um, this company, it's called Sasser Family Holdings, and they came to one of our group homes to do a project and they helped to uh, do some landscaping and beautify the property and, you know, power wash the front steps and paint and plant and, and uh, the girls inside the home uh, where all this work was being done were like, who's that out there? They're like, Oh, they're from, uh, those are people from this company, Sasser family holdings. And, and they're like, Oh, wh- what are they doing? I said, well, they're, they're here to, you know, to help, uh, um, basically to help improve where you live. They're here to basically provide their support. And I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah, and they, and they don't even know you, and they're here. Yeah. And they're like, wow, can we go out there? Can we say thank you? And they wanted to just go out there. They went out there, and and uh, because we're people, when we when we do these projects, we said, make sure, you know, be mindful of the fact that this is this is their home uh, where our girls and our, our boys live for these group homes, and uh, you be respectful of their space and and and, and just, you know make sure we we protect uh, we protect uh, their environment and we make sure that they uh, 
if they don't want to talk to somebody, you don't, you know, they're not compelled to talk to somebody because it's it's their home, just like anybody else's home, right? But they wanted to go out there, and because they were so touched by the generosity uh, that they saw, and it was a, a generosity that was just given because you know a company just wanted to show up and, and do something, and their employees. We, we've seen that with uh, you know we've seen that with IDEX Corporation too. We've seen that with a host of different business. Little Fuse is another company that's done. Northern Trust just recently did a project. I mean, we just have a lot of companies that just show up and people work within the companies and uh, within these businesses who are very civic-minded and, and, and they get the fact that they they recognize the importance of the mission of building building a better life for a child uh, who's impacted by poverty and violence and injustice. And, and they take it very seriously. And, and uh, it's, really, it's really very... Um, to see, especially like at the holidays, when you see people who are working in our, um, and basically now it's our warehouse, but it was our, our just, we just had a toy room before, and they're there, and they're sorting gifts, and they're bringing these toys, and they're bringing, you know, teddy bears, and they're bringing clothing, and they're bringing, um, you know, educational materials, and they're bringing, you know, video games, or, or, or they're just bringing gift cards, and they're sorting, and they're showing up, and they're from churches, they're from community groups, and religious uh, institutions and, and they're from uh, businesses, small and large, and they just walk in the door and they, it's really, uh, I mean, if anybody's having a, a difficult time with their holidays, trying to find the meaning uh, and the purpose of the next, uh, you know, month or so, uh, I, I highly encourage people to go on our website at kidsaboveall.org and, and sign up to volunteer uh, at our toy room and, uh, and to participate because it's a really, uh, and I don't use this word often because, you know, but it's a really kind of a magical uh, experience. It's very inspirational. And, you know, I think some people go to Disney World for their, their magic, and that's great. Uh, but we encourage people to go to, uh, to experience the magic of uh, and the inspiration of uh, participating in what we do at Kids Above All. Because at the end of the day, we our big vision is that young people who've been in, impacted by trauma, and have experienced a lot of pain and suffering can 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 become independent adults who lead meaningful, productive lives. If we, per, it's the right recipe of support. It's it's everything that we're doing, and and we're we're there with kids from the time that they're born uh, to the time that they're uh, ready to go out on their own and be independent. Because that's what you would do with your own children, right? You'd stick with them, and you don't forget about them. And that's what we try our best to ensure that they know we're going to be with them throughout the course. Of their life, and uh, so again, I would encourage people if they see this, if they if they get out at kidsaboveall.org and sign up, and go to our toy room and see what's going on in the holidays. And, and, and it's not just the toy room because you'll see all these other donations that people make. I mean, we have, we we partner with a company, uh, a nonprofit organization called Cradles to Cranes. We have thousands of diapers that they they help donate, but we have thousands of diapers for our. Our parents, the uh, private our parents for the, their kids in early childhood program. We have, you know, literally hundreds of books. We have bicycles have donated. We've had, you know, basically uh, we've had technology that's been provided, tablets uh, for kids, uh, musical instruments, and you can just go in there. And it's it's just uh, you know, it's a guy, it's a it's a gigantic space, and it, it's a uh, it's it's a it's a place where people can uh, can volunteer and and know that oh, on this day. We've impacted uh, 50 kids, right, uh, by providing them with this type of uh, material or supply or equipment for their lives so they can have a better life. 
And so that's the essence of it, placing the safety, well-being, and education of all kids, above all, so that they can uh, have a better life, they can realize their full potential, uh, and get everything they need. And so that's what's going on, and uh, it's, uh, I encourage people to get involved, uh, to please consider doing it. And the website, again, is kidsaboveall.org. I want to talk a little bit more about some of the uh, the great points you have, not just that you've brought up, but also the information that's available on the website at kidsaboveall.org. Uh, let me take a break here, if you don't mind sticking around for another segment or so. Uh, I'd love to continue our conversation. Excellent. Again, we're talking to Senator Dankatowski, the president and CEO of Kids Above All, where they treat every kid in their care as if they were their own, helping them realize their goals and dreams. More in a moment on Driving It Home with me, Patty Vasquez, on WCPT 820. You are listening to the Heartland Signal. Listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are driving at home until 7 o'clock and joining me as one of the sponsors of driving at home till 7 o'clock with Patty Vasquez is uh, our friends from Kids Above All, Senator Dan Katowski, where he's the president and CEO. I was having a conversation yesterday, sir, with uh, a friend of mine, and uh, we were talking about an upcoming event that I would like to dedicate our proceeds of to Kids Above All. We're having an event at Tata's Kitchen and Social on December 8th. We're also going to have, you can drop off toys there. We'll make sure that they get to Kids Above All. Of all. And again, that's going to be 8 o'clock on December 8th, uh, featuring Anthony Fuentes, Hanis Rodriguez, Bill Gorgo, and Lily Mason. I'll be hosting that. Uh, but when I was talking to someone yesterday about this, uh, Senator, uh, she was asking about your organization. And she said, you know, she's often thought that she's at a place in her life where she would like to foster and possibly adopt ch- a child. Uh, and you do have information on your site about fo- about fostering children. And I don't think we talk enough about that, where people, uh, you know, realize that they want to open their hearts and their homes. Homes. Uh, what should they know about the process of fostering a child? Well, they should know it, it, uh, it, it's 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 so important because um, it's it as I indicated before, many of the kids who are in care uh, and uh, who are um, referred to as youth in care used to be known as uh, wards of the state, but youth in care. Um, they've experienced uh, a lot of challenges in their life, right? And 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 uh, it's a it's a process very similar to when someone goes to a rescue for you know a, a puppy or a cat, and it's 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 and it's and not a, not as many people do this for for kids, right? Right? And I take nothing away from uh, the, the process. I think it's important, or another way from making sure that you're. Uh, you're involved in, in, in adopting a, uh, a pet. We did that through Right Way Animal Rescue years ago with our dog. But like, there's so many children who are looking for a, a forever home, uh, who are youth in care in the state of Illinois, and they're, they range in ages. You know, there are kids who are um, young, and there are kids who are um, adolescents. And they're looking for a home. And so I guess I talked to you before about our group home. One of the reasons why our kids in our group home is because, number one, it didn't work out in some of the foster homes or they, you know, just, you know, they weren't able to, wasn't able to be a good fit or just uh, they, they've kind of struggled. And if we get enough people uh, to recognize the importance of, you know, providing a forever home for, for a child who's been, who's gone through a lot, who's been impacted by trauma, it's, it's, it's a life changer. We helped 35 kids uh, get adopted last year, uh, make sure they, they were able to find permanent placement. Uh, it, it just like it takes a special person to be 
to adopt uh, and and to foster um, anyone or anything, right? It's uh, it it's very it takes a special person, uh, and because it's like when you when you're a parent, uh, you uh, you know and recognize that this is gonna involve a lot of sacrifice and 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 some of the things you kind of go in this and you. And you're like, well, I'm going to be a parent, and this is going to be my child, and I'll do whatever I can. You need to go in and come in with us with your eyes are wide open and recognize that, uh, um, well, here's you know, where, what this, uh, this boy or girl or, or teenage uh, girl or boy has experienced and uh, know that they've, they may have been in multiple different foster homes or may have been in one or they may have experienced some physical abuse or emotional abuse, and, uh, you know, they just uh, – you know they've 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 endured a, a a significant amount of trauma trauma and challenges and and uh, but I tell you you know kids are so resilient and just like anybody else they just want to be loved they just want to be in an environment where they're going to get the support and care that they need and we see so often that you know with our kids when they're put in those types of situations of care and love and support that they begin to flourish right. Uh, I mean, there's no worse feeling in the world, you know, for our kids than to feel like uh, there isn't a place for them, mm. right? There isn't a, there's no, there's nothing more challenging or, or, or difficult or sad or upsetting than to, to feel that type of rejection. It, it'll stay with you the rest of your life. So we, I can't encourage people enough to uh, consider being a foster parent because that makes sure that kids have every opportunity to have this, this better life that we talk about. And we talk about kids who are impacted by poverty and violence or injustice or uh, any type of abuse, but giving them a chance to be in a, in a safe home, a loving home, a kind home. And I just, but I, you know, I tell people just come in with eyes, eyes wide open, just understand that this is, this is going to be, um, this is going to be the most important work that you will ever do in your life just like being a parent, an aunt, an uncle, or you know, whatever, uh, and a family member, right? The most important work you're going to do, but you, you need to be um, know that you're in it for the long haul, and that uh, the kids kids are going to uh, test you, and you, you're going to test yourself. But uh, the rewards will be great because you'll change your life for the better. Including your own. Uh, I, we're talking to Senator yeah. Dagatowski, the president and CEO of Kids Above All, a sponsor here for Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez. Sir, I have more questions, and including some from the audience. Do you mind hanging out for one more segment? Oh, yeah. You don't, I, I, don't, I don't want to take advantage, but if you no, are game for no, it. I don't mind. Okay, appreciate it, no, sir. No, I don't mind. I said yes. I know. I appreciate <laughs> it. <Don't mind. laughs> Thank you. We are on with Senator Dankatowski from Kids Above All. If you have any questions, give us a call, 773-763-9278. We will be right back after this on WCPT 820. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. We are on the air with Senator Dankatowski, the president and CEO of Kids Above All. And, Senator, there's a couple of questions that folks had uh, in uh, response to our conversation about how we can help Kids Above All, whether it's volunteering or donating. Some One, one listener said that they wish they could uh, foster, but they have a lot to do. But they want to know, is there a way to set up a monthly donation through Kids Above All? Absolutely. Yes. You can do a, a recurrent donation, and you can do that uh, through our website, kidsboveall.org. 
Excellent. And, you know, when there, when there are, I know that you've been doing this work for a long time, in addition to, uh, you know, when you served as a legislator in our General Assembly as a senator, and uh, prior to that, the work that you did uh, to uh, end gun violence uh, here and everywhere, uh, how do you uh, talk to kids who have seen violence, who have been traumatized by uh, what they've gone through in their lives, and then there, there's more, I mean, it's, it's so hard for me to even uh, think about, you know, people being, whether it's in a classroom or in a church, at a grocery store, at a nightclub, uh, it is, it's hard enough to try to understand it ourselves, but then to talk to kids that are in our care is another thing, too. How do you work through that with them? That, it's interesting, Patty, because there's there, it, 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 the old school way of, of diagnosing someone's problem or someone's uh, uh, just a, an emotional difficulty they were going through is like, well, they would they would take a bunch of symptoms and say, oh, here's a diagnosis. And then the trauma-informed approach is like, tell me about like the story of what uh, what happened to you and, 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 and what that was like. And it, it, the trauma-informed approach helps, helps you know, teenagers or, or children to, or, or parents to kind of retell that story uh, in, in a different way or to understand that story and retell it where, you know, we basically they're able to um, – illustrate that they have uh, taken charge of their life, right? And they've uh, that's kind of the retelling of the story in therapy, right? You're, you've explained what's happened, and you're like, well, now you better understand it. But now you, you have a, an approach, you have clarity relative to it, and you are doing things differently. The, uh, the, the approach that we work on is somatic, meaning referred to the body. It's like, so it's not just trauma. You know, tell me about the trauma that happened to you. And the retelling of that story, it's tell me what your body was going through when you were experiencing that trauma. So the, the, the thing is, with kids who are in care, the youth in care and kids who've experienced homelessness or poverty or violence, I think the historical approach was like, have a, have a kid and take a bunch of symptoms and here's a diagnosis, here's medication. Or, or retell your trauma and tell me about it. And what we do is like we make sure we create this safe space where kids are able to manage the symptoms related to their trauma and communicate about that through writing, uh, drama, art, uh, mindfulness, you know, to, to kind of yoga, uh, uh, meditation, to sit with that feeling. Uh, because sometimes, and, and actually I would say the vast majority of kids don't have the words, and teenagers and even adults don't have the words to talk about the trauma that's happened to them, but they can articulate like what their body is experiencing or what their body experienced at the time. They could say, well, I was, you know, I was braced and, you know, my, my jaw was clenched or, you know, I, I felt nausea in my stomach or my, my palms were sweaty and, you know, and that, you know what I mean? Or my heart was pumping. It's because when you're, when you're in fight, flight or freeze mode, you're not necessarily, um, you know, able to really, I mean, your words aren't coming to you as much, right? You're like, you're just basically doing what you need to do to protect yourself in that moment. And so I think there's this vision or there's a view out there that, that, that people should be able to communicate the trauma that they've endured in very clear words. They don't, they're not able to, and that, and that's fine. But we could say like, okay, so what do you, I'll tell you a story about a, a young man who is in care and he was, uh, he was talking about this, this situation that triggered him. And I said, just explain to me what's going on. And, and he said, well, I feel like my, my, my head is so 
so hot. I feel like it's gonna, you know, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna just boil over. And my hand, and my my jaw is clenched, and my heart is pounding. And you know, and it just I said, well, does this does this remind you of anything? Or he said, you know what, I, I need to talk to my therapist because he was just talking about what's going on in his body. And I think we have a whole generation, generation literally, of people who've witnessed trauma, experienced trauma, and there's this expectation out there that they that the people have the words to. And just because they have the words to talk about the trauma, that means they're able to manage it. And sometimes, um, uh, and more often than that, that doesn't occur. So what we work sure is like, okay, getting kids and teenagers and, and parents to kind of sit with the feeling that they're experiencing. And uh, because what happens if you're not really able to sit with it, not able to experience it, many times people seek other avenues of numbing that or getting away from that feeling. Uh, and then it just kind of replicates that experience or what they experience in an unhealthy way. So that was a lengthy way of, 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 of you know, of sharing that. But like what, what we look at and say that, okay, how do we create these safe spaces for kids so they can release the trauma that's stored in their bodies, right, uh, in a healthy way? And <clears throat> writing is one way of doing it. Like I said, art, uh, you know, you know, improv is another way. Um, Doing yoga, stretching for a long times, releases what what stores what stored in someone's body. Uh, mindfulness is a way of quieting the mind, and in uh, meditation, just sitting with a, a particular feeling that, that that someone has, and then sitting with it, and then letting that feeling go through, and letting it just 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 uh, being exhaled from uh, someone's you know physical. State. So there's so much that, that happens and so much that we're doing. I'm, I'm really super proud of our clinical team led by Jerry Loriano and their really commitment to this because kids and, and, and teenagers and young adults and families need to be treated more humanely. And you wouldn't just go up to somebody who's like experienced a, a, a rape, uh, experienced, uh, you know, an excess amount of, you know, a, a beating, right? You wouldn't just say, well, tell me about the beating. Right, because sometimes they don't have they don't have the words. Or someone who was a witness, somebody who was witness a murder. We had forty nine kids in our camp this year who lost a family member to homicide. Forty nine who lost someone to homicide. Ninety six percent of those kids, ninety five percent, lost a family member to gun violence. Mm. And so, um, so, so much is just being in a place, a safe place where you can share what you're going through, but also recognizing. Sometimes you're not going to have the words, and that's okay. But you know, giving up like advent, we do this adventure therapy where kids just go out. They're on the rope courses. They're climbing. They're they're exercising all these different activities, and that helps to release it, right? So you need to you need to be creative and innovative when it comes to this, and and most importantly, humane, uh, because understanding that you can't just this is what I, my struggle has always been with when a terrible, horrific tragedy happens. Someone's there with a microphone. It's like, just tell me about what your experience. They're like, I, I was there, and like what happened recently in in Colorado Springs, and um, and uh, you know, and it's just so hard for people to be able to like explain uh, what they're they're suffering that they're going through right now. It's horrible, and they're and it's going to last for for decades, the rest of their lives, right? And that's what I always struggle with: just giving people. You should give people time to just sit with what they're going through. And, and instantly, there's a microphone in their face telling me, tell me, what, what did you see? 
how did you feel? Mm. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's like I, I tell you, I, I was held up. And I didn't really uh, know what to do or what to say or how to even handle it. It was humiliating, and it was, I don't know. And I, I still, like until the time I was 50, I was bracing myself for something horrible to happen in the spring when I was a, a victim of a crime. And, and that was just, that was something that happened to me over like 30 years ago, right? And so I, I thankfully, I didn't, like, I wasn't, I wasn't shot. I wasn't wounded. I came away with my life intact, but still my body was braced for something bad to happen. So all these people who were in that, um, that nightclub in Colorado Springs who saw people get shot right in front of them, wounded right in front of them, the suffering that they're going through, right? What they're experiencing. I think that's, that's part of the challenge in our country because we think the coverage is by coveraging, coveraging cover, stories, right? About what happened, you know, and uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. And we need people to give them space. We need to give them time and services and support. And that's why, like, a lot of people use this trauma-informed approach. They talk about it, but it's not just that. It's like, how do we incorporate what's going on with someone's body and how they've stored it to help them to begin to, like, recognize what's going on and help them to hopefully uh, pray, pray to release it in some way so that it's not destroying them on the inside, right? And so that's uh, um, that's what we, that's our approach is, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, I have the honor of hosting a, a writing workshop and, and young people just sitting there and, and writing. It's just one vehicle for them to do. That's just one way we say, you know what, the same thing we do, again, what would you do for your own kids? But there are kids in communities who have just, a lot of resources. They're blessed with that. And then, and if their child is struggling, they they can they have horseback riding for them, and, or they have, or they have therapy, or they have um, uh, they have uh, uh, other ways in which we, they can do that. They can do acting or play an instrument. Or there's all these different ways that I think communities sometimes don't recognize. Communities have a lot of resources. Don't recognize what we can offer for children you know, and teenagers to help them when they're struggling, right? And so they are kids, our kids that we impact, kids impacted by poverty and violence, deserve the same opportunity, regardless of what they look like, where they come from, what their orientation is, what their identity is, they deserve that same opportunity to achieve their full potential. And that's what we're trying to do. Well, and and I had the honor of coming out to Camp Sheila. Uh, you mentioned that uh, the, this camp where f- f- uh, children have lost someone to homicide, and I had never really talked about losing a family member to a very public murder. And um, it is it, even in that, I was surprised at like things that some of the uh, staff learned about kids who get bullied uh, after a family member has been murdered. And it was it was so strange. I mean, these are, these are things that you know I had never even talked about. And all of a sudden, some of these kids were like, oh, that happened to me at school. Someone was making fun of me, uh, you know, because of why I was absent or what had happened to my family. And we don't, there's so many different layers to uh, an experience that it's so hard to uh, even begin to explain in words here. But we, I, I think that we were giving folks an idea of the kind of work that you do at Kids Above All. And it's so meaningful and so important. And, and I hope that we find ways to expand the idea of trauma-based approaches because we 
all do have trauma uh, and, and it, we don't know when it's going to manifest, when it will, you know, we've, we've put things, I, I call it um, putting everything in a compartment. For me, I compartmentalize everything. And sometimes those compartments yeah. get over, over, overfilled, you know, and I, I have to sort of pare down a little bit and go, okay, this, why won't this drawer close? Um, but it is, yeah, right. It, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You've, well, you've been there for it. So you've seen me not be able to close. No, I think it's like yeah. it's so important. I, mean, I think it's just um, people have, so many people have experienced it. And it's just, you know, it's like uh, we just don't know what people have gone through. So I, I think hopefully people who are listening to this, you know, kind of can see um, the importance of this uh, as it relates to children uh, and, uh, and and young people and what they've endured and, and, and how essential it is to make sure these services and support are there right away, right away, because otherwise, you know, the, 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 the symptoms and the lack of treatment for them are going to be manifesting themselves in, in very unhealthy ways later on in life. I mean, if you just look at historically, you look at what some of the children who are Still, they're, they're adults now struggling just, you know, what happened, like these first mass shooting um, at Columbine and how they still, like, how many of them, you know, suicide and um, tend to take their life, uh, not not having not in healthy relationships and just all the struggles they've endured years, years later. And just, you know, just think about that and that, and, and, and we don't, have these conversations about young people from uh, who live in, in communities uh, that where they, they grapple with poverty and they grapple with violence and they grapple with you know um, isolation and they grapple with uh, injustice and and so many and, and, and one of the things that we talked about is uh, over the summer I mean these horrible mass shootings but we, we have children from you know from from black and brown communities and we've been suffering. Every single day, suffering, enduring, and but there's the, you know the resilience is extraordinary. But like it just, I think that you know, just 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 identifying the fact that there's just so much more that needs to be done, and recognizing that we have an opportunity uh, to uh, provide support and uh, intervention to help to young people on their journey of healing. Right, like you talked about, like you said, you were in a place. You could talk to people in a place and talk about your brother's murder, right? And, uh, you know, it means so much. You know, I, I grew up in, uh, I, I have epilepsy. I've had it since I was 14. I didn't know anybody who had epilepsy. The only person I knew had epilepsy was Bobby Jones, who played for the Philadelphia 76ers. I loved Bobby Jones. I was like, my God, look at Bobby Jones. He's an incredible athlete. He plays in the NBA. He has epilepsy, right? And I just, it was, to me, and I, that was just, and then growing out later on in life and just, being able to be a part of organizations like the Epilepsy Foundation or Danny did. And that was just for me and my life. And I grew up in a great community, uh, a wonderful neighborhood. And uh, these are just experiences that I've had and I've lived with. And, and just think about like the fact that like step in, try our best to step in the shoes of a young person who've experienced the ongoing, you know, um, challenges of, of, of poverty and violence and injustice, this daily insult you know, this daily struggle. And just, 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 and that's why it's so important to think when you think about uh, like Giving Tuesday or the holidays and uh, where you have our, 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 holiday, uh, our holiday gift drive. And the holiday gift drive is just a way to say, okay, what do kids need? You know, does kids need something, something to play with, something to snuggle, right? Something with, something to learn from, 
Uh, and it starts from the time that they're they're infants to the time that they're 24. What do you do for your kids over the holidays? What do you do for them uh, for Hanukkah? What do you do for them for Kwanzaa? What do you do for them for uh, for Christmas? What do you do? What kind of support do you provide them? What kind of gifts do you just provide to your kids? Whatever, even if they're not asking for it. You go to the store and you come back and like and and you say, "Oh, I, I got this shirt for you. I thought you look good in this shirt, right?" Yeah. And so um, it's that kind of stuff. Uh, that we're in Gates, and you know, I just we recently had our gala. It was like, so excited because it was the most exciting uh, gala we had. Like you, were, Patty, you were there with us uh, at the beginning of these galas, and, and graciously would would host it. And we now have our host of our gala. It was one of our former clients who was who was homeless. His name's uh, he's working full time now. His name's Johnny Rivers, uh, and he hosts the gala, and he's done it for the past three years. And, yeah, he's amazing. Uh, we we honored we honored uh, Northern Trust. We honored Peter Birdfound from ATG Title and Trust. We honored Ed and Susan Duffer from our board. We raised uh, the most money we've ever raised before the gala. And this is my new campaign, Patty. People are good, right? As much as we see this horrible, you know, these horrible experiences, horrific events, all this tragedy to go on the planet, people, for the most part, the vast majority of people are good. And people want to do good things. So if you want to be involved in something good, it's something that's making an impact on the life of a, of a children or a family impacted by poverty and violence and injustice. You know, if you want to build a better life, Kids Above All is the place for you because we place the safety, well-being, and education of all kids above everything else so they can realize their full potential. So if you want to do it, you want to be a part of organization, you want to help solve these problems relative to, you know, uh, this, this, this terrible impact of violence or this the tragedy of poverty, and you want to help be a part of the solution, we're the organization. One of the, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's a myriad of organizations in the city, but we're one of the organizations you can go to to help solve these problems. Outstanding. Again, that's Senator Dan Katowski, who's also a fill-in host here at WCPT. Uh, excited to have you back in. Now, now when you come fill in for me, it's going to be two hours, by the way. So you get to stretch out a little bit. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I look forward to it. And again, I, forward, if- I, was, I, was, I was watching a show today. I was like, you know what? You know, I you know you've always been, you've done such great work uh, in raising awareness about uh, uh, you know people and uh, and just their 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 daily their daily struggles. You know, regular people are struggling in all facets of life. And I met you first because you did stand up for epilepsy, and you were you were and still are so very funny. And it just it meant so much to me to go in a place and to be able to laugh right and enjoy myself. And then uh, the work that you've done. Uh, on behalf of children and families who are you know, battling with, to make sure their their kids and uh, are getting what they need, uh, kids with living with uh, autism and special needs, and you know just the, the, your advocacy on that front help protect so much support and funding in the state of Illinois uh, to make sure we're doing what's necessary to honor honor um, you know uh, children and adults who are living with um, special needs and are challenged by the uh, developmental. Uh, their developmental challenges and just to making sure they're they're getting what they need. So it's it's always a pleasure to partner with you to figure out ways in which we can uh, leave the world better than we found it, Patty. So that's, I look forward that's to the goal. coming on again. And yep. Thank you for that. Thank you so much, sir. Again, kidsaboveall.org will be at Tata's Kitchen and Social on December 8th to benefit Kids Above All as well as collect some toys that you want to bring in for the holiday season. Have a wonderful evening. And if I don't talk to you before Thursday, happy Thanksgiving to you and your incredible family, sir. I I hope to see you soon. You, you as well, Patty. Thank uh, you so much. You. 
Take care. Take care. Thank you, sir. We'll take a quick break here and wrap up in just a moment on Driving at Home. I don't have really much time left. (laughs) Because facts matter. You are listening to WCPT 820. I want to thank everyone for joining us. We are just about out of time. This time I'm going to, when I wrap up, Annie, I'm going to fire our uh, Monaco Brewing thing and then you can take it away at the end of that. Uh, Everybody, I hope that you have a lovely evening. It's going to be nice again tomorrow. So if you have uh, holiday decorations that you want to put up, tomorrow might be a good day. I think it's supposed to be about 50. Uh, But please remember to, uh, if Kids Above All isn't necessarily the organization that you want to uh, support or if you're looking, maybe that and other organizations, look for all the different groups that are important to you know whatever speaks to you whatever calls to you uh, try to help out in any way you can sometimes even just the five dollars ten dollars just something that gives that even that gives a lot of these organizations uh, energy to keep doing what they do and the resources to get that done so thank you so much to all of our friends have a great evening tomorrow we're going to check in with our friend Maggie O'Keefe the committee woman for the 40th ward and I believe I can talk Elliot Serrano into joining us in studio as well bye everybody have a great night i'm gonna fire this commercial and it'll be all done hi this is kirk bankstead from the monaco brewing company and i sell choice hard seltzer an all-natural grapefruit flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can a percentage of the proceeds of every can of choice hard seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the chicagoland area enjoy a light refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time now available at dino's cardinal liquors in gurney illinois and sugar beet food co-op in oak park as well as in chicago at jarvis square tavern rogers park and garfield's beverage express wicker park please drink responsibly